Um, good evening. Welcome to Bridgetown Church. If you didn't know, um, we have been learning about Sabbath. Did you guys know that? We're learning about Sabbath. We've been trying to rest a little bit. And we are coming to the end of that practice. Um, we're kind of wrapping that up this week. Um, yeah, so that's where we've been. We're going to do something a little bit different tonight. Um, and we're going to do like a little uh, kind of meditation with some listening prayer um, from Psalm 23. So we'll do a little bit in the text and then a little bit um, of listening prayer kind of in and out, in and out, and out. A little different, a little experimental. Um, thank you for showing up. And um, I think it's going to be really good. Um, so, hey, we had, anybody have a snow day? Time off from snow? Anybody? Okay, a couple of hands. Um, how many of you guys thought to yourself, snow day, it's like a Sabbath, right? Do you think that? Some of you guys have not been taking a Sabbath, therefore the Lord sent the snow days. So you're welcome to that. Um, but, but we're learning about rest, and we are kind of pushing into this idea of, well, what if our Sunday gatherings were actually a place of rest, right? So for many people, like show of hands, how many of you guys are actually experimenting or you've been trying to ta- have your day of rest, have your Sabbath on Sunday? Right. So it would kind of make sense that you would come to a gathering and this would be um, a place where you could further encounter the Lord, his spirit, and rest, right? Um, so that's kind of what we're thinking about. We're going to press into that a little bit tonight. And as I was thinking about that, I realized for years, my dad has always been able to rest really well at church. He can sleep and will sleep in every single sermon, including one given by his son. He will fall asleep. And uh, not only will he fall asleep, but it's, you know, it's called nodding off because it kind of goes nods forward. But he has the ability to sleep in the sermon and while sleeping, laugh if the pastor makes a good joke. It's amazing. Dad, I respect that so much about you. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's just a weird thing to think about being in God's presence and falling asleep. I think the stigma that I've had around that is that it was a bad thing, right? If you're like, oh, I tried to pray this morning, but I ended up sleeping. Most people would be like, dude, you need to get your act together, right? But I heard the story, um, true story of uh, someone that went on a spiritual direction, like a prayer retreat, and you would spend time alone praying, and then you go report back to the spiritual director, and you kind of tell him, you know, or her what you experienced during the time of prayer. And this woman is doing it on the retreat. She's the directee. She goes to the director, and she's frustrated, and she's like, every single time I go to pray, I fall asleep. What does that mean? And the wise spiritual director said, it means you need more sleep, right? So, so maybe... Falling asleep in God's presence, like being at church and being at rest, might not be such a bad thing. And think about it in in these terms. Um, If you're a parent or if you're not, maybe you've experienced holding an infant and having them go to sleep while you're holding them in your arms. It's amazing, right? And and from the, um, the baby's perspective, they're like feeling your breathing, potentially hearing your heartbeat, being held, the warmth of your body. Like, that's a pretty amazing spot to sleep, right? And then also, as a parent or caregiver, if you're holding that infant and looking down, you're holding them and you're beholding them, you're looking at them, it's an amazing feeling, right? 
And, and as I was thinking about this stuff this week, I was like, man, that must be what it's like for God the Father when we fall asleep in his presence. Maybe he's actually not mad at you for falling asleep in your prayer time, and he's actually delighted in it. Wouldn't that be cool? Different, different perspective. So oh, that's for free. But mainly what we're going to talk about today is we're going to look at Psalm 23. And my goal is to create such a peaceful, restful environment that some of you indeed fall asleep. And if you do, I want your neighbor to Instagram it. That would prove that it actually happened. So um, get your Bibles out. Turn to Psalm 23. This is kind of be our framework for working through this meditation, inviting the Spirit as we go. So um, in a second, we're going to have um, enter in a few different times of prayer and what we call listening prayer, which basically just means we're creating awareness in our thoughts and welcoming God's thoughts into our thoughts. The primary way that we actually encounter God is through our minds. So we want to just be aware of that and um, invite and welcome and just kind of create our own self-awareness to God in our minds and encountering, encountering him in that way. And a couple of things about that, two things. First of all, What's not God's voice? Fear, guilt, and shame. That is not God. Okay, that's the enemy. We silence that in Jesus' name. But what is God oftentimes is similar to our own thoughts. So I'm going to lead you through some prompts. We're going to listen. And maybe you have this thought or this memory and you're like, could that be God? I don't know. My encouragement to you, like a lot of things we're learning in the spirit, prophecy, healing, whatever, is that it takes a certain amount of risk. You have to kind of Go with it a little bit in trust and faith and go out on a limb. Like, okay, God, I'm having this image or this um, memory that maybe that's you. Follow that. Let's just see if indeed that is God. So that's kind of some thoughts as we begin. Psalm 23. David begins with these words, The Lord is my shepherd. Now to David, basically what he's saying is that I'm not in charge. I'm in the care of another. David was a shepherd, and he cared for sheep. But in this metaphor, in this poetic song, he reverses it. And he himself is identifying as one that's weak, helpless, and in need of a protector, a provider, a shepherd. And if God is my shepherd... That means I can relax. It means I'm in the care of my Heavenly Father. And I can give all that I'm responsible for or concerned about over to Him. It means I'm not the highest in command in my life or over my personal universe. And this, I hope is beginning, as you're thinking about it, to create feelings of peace and comfort. Because it means that ultimately all of your problems are really his. That you're covered and that you're cared for. This also may mean you need to repent. And again, relinquish control of your life over to him. Or in another way to speak that you need to trade in your kingdom for his kingdom. 
that you need to, again, give it to your shepherd, to surrender, to let go. So this may create a moment for you of confession to rightfully allow and invite Jesus to be Lord in this relationship again. You know, it's been said that we all will follow somebody. And this is a moment to again choose and declare that the Lord will be your shepherd and your master. So God, as we take some space right now to um, open up our thinking and our imaginations to you as our shepherd, God, we again just, um, for some of us, this is a spot of confession and repentance. We confess that we have tried to rule and reign over our own lives, and it doesn't work well. So God, in this moment, we just again declare that you are our shepherd, you are our Lord. And maybe if it's helpful for you in this space, think about all that you are responsible for, work, school, at home, relationships, all that you have. Imagine that handed over to him. Maybe it's helpful for you, but I imagined this board game on a table with all these little pieces that are the the people in my life or the house that my wife and I are working on that I hate. And I imagine pushing those all across the table and giving them to Jesus. So God, just in our minds right now, we just think of all the things that we feel responsible for that are in our care, and we turn all of this back over to you. God, we want to know what it's like to be in your care. God, would you just begin to speak to us now? Uh, Maybe even create a, give us an image or a memory or something from scripture. God, what does it look like for me to be cared for by you, Jesus? Is there an image you would draw to mind about what it looks like to be in your safety and your security? God, I just declare again that you are my shepherd, that I'm in your care. God, would you just even deepen the rest For each of us right now, we could kind of let go and trust your care right now. And God, as we're just listening around this idea of you being our shepherd, what else do you want us to know about this? God, is there anything else you want to say to your daughters, to your sons about being our shepherd?
So God, thank you for what you're speaking. Would you continue to speak over us as we move back to the text? Amen. All right, so we're going to do that a couple more times. Um, You guys okay? Somebody asleep? Good. If so, that's good. So the Lord is my shepherd, David says. I shall not lack anything. The natural result of being in the care of the good shepherd is that you lack nothing. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, if I have God as my heavenly father, I have everything. This is a massive claim. And this is what Jesus teaches about the with God life. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given to you. So this is an invitation to trust God's provision. Even if you're in circumstances right now where it does not seem abundant, God is saying that he can satisfy and sustain you no matter what happens. And, and remember what Jesus says, Matthew 7. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures. Matthew 7, starting in verse 7. Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, thanks Jesus, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Or Paul later in Romans, in chapter 8, he's been speaking for eight chapters about the goodness of God in sending Jesus and sending the Holy Spirit. And in reflection on this, Paul says, what then shall we say in response to all these things I've just outlined? This is Romans eight thirty one. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, How will we not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And that's how Paul later can say to the church in Philippi, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So David is wrapping his head and his imagination around this abundant provision that God has 
for him and for us. And he outlines it in a few metaphors and examples. The first one, he says, is that my shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures. And think about it for a minute. What kind of sheep lies down in a green pasture? It's one that's totally full. It's not eating. It's napping. It's lying down. It's fully provided for. Able to rest. Then he says, he leads me beside still waters. And again, a sheep that is led beside still water is a sheep that's not thirsty. It's beside the water, not jumping in it because it's dying of thirst. And remember what Jesus said when he spoke to the woman at the well in John chapter 4. She offered him water and he said, Look, if you knew the water that I had, you would be asking me. I have the water that if you drink of it, you will never thirst again. Jesus is saying he has this living water and, and when we drink of it, we'll no longer have to strive for fulfillment. We'll no longer have to chase after the next event, the next experience, but we'll be totally at rest, fulfilled and at peace in him. David also says that his shepherd restores his soul, that even the broken depths of your soul can be healed by him. He loves to bind up the brokenhearted and to forgive our sins. And maybe some of you are in that space tonight and you need that restoration of your soul. God in his abundant care can do that for you. And then finally on this theme of abundance, he says that his shepherd guides us. He leads me into paths of righteousness, David says. In other words, God has wisdom and insight. He's a shepherd. He directs his sheep. That's us. He directs us. So tonight, do you need guidance? Do you need wisdom? He gives that in abundance without holding back. So as we enter into this second uh, moment of listening, um, We're going to again just say, come Holy Spirit, would you enter into our thoughts? Would you, um, for those who are struggling to just settle in right now, God, would you just bring more of your peace, Holy Spirit, that we could rest in you, that we could hear your voice. And God, we just ask right now, what do you want me to know about your abundant provision for me? God, where do I need to renew my trust that you will provide? For some, there's stress for you around finances, around future employment, maybe even housing. You can turn that over to your shepherd. For others, it's relational need you are wondering, can God provide for you in your loneliness? Can he provide friendship? For others, it's a a bad habit that's not helping you, an addiction, something that you know is not 
good. And you're like, God, can you provide for me and get me out of this? God, we turn all these over to you and we ask that you would increase our faith to trust that you are good enough and that you have the strength and the ability to meet our needs. So just in this moment, would you just release whatever those are to him? And God, for some, they need their soul restored. They feel like their soul has been beaten up and bruised, and it's like a balloon that's just been deflated. God, would you come and would you restore souls? God, for those who, who feel that the word that they identify with is brokenhearted, God, would you bind up their wounded, broken heart? You come by your spirit right now and begin to restore souls in the room that need your touch. Come, Holy Spirit. And then for others, God, they need direction. They need wisdom. They need you to come as a good shepherd and guide them. God, for those that need discernment and wisdom right now, maybe about a decision or direction, would you provide that for them in abundance? Would you pour out wisdom and insight and words of wisdom and words of knowledge and understanding, heavenly wisdom for their situation, God? And then finally, God, would you just give us um, maybe an image or a metaphor? What would it look like to be at a place of peace with you right now? What would it look like for each person and their individual personality and their story and their journey up to this point? What would it look like to rest totally satisfied and at peace in you, full, satiated in God? Just show us an image of what that looks like. So God, thank you for what you're saying. Would you continue to speak, continue to guide us? As we look back to the text, we pray. Amen. In verse 4, David says these famous words. He says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And basically, this is helping us understand that our shepherd wants to eliminate all fear in our life so that we can truly rest in him. And I think for some of you tonight, kind of a, just a prophetic word for a few of you, is that Jesus wants you to know that you can actually live at peace in this world. That you can actually be at peace, even though the constant barrage of news alerts and social media and even what you hear from friends and family. Some of you believe that 
in this world right now that we live in, you're not safe. And I just have a sense that Jesus wants to free you and that his perspective, and he wants you to see that you actually can be at peace in this world, even though it may be dominated by fear. And can you imagine for a minute a life free from the fear of failure? Can you imagine that you just had the ability to risk, to step out, to be embarrassed? There was just no fear because you're so secure in your shepherd. What would it be like to be free from the fear of life and of death? To be free from the fear of disease or aging? To be free of the fear of any person? And even of losing all your possessions? So, so how can David say this? How can he say that he has no fear? Well, in the next line, he says, the reason why is because he says, for you are with me. He'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death and he won't fear evil because his shepherd, his God is with him. David can rest from all fear because he knows God's presence. Isn't that amazing? And this is the life that Jesus talked about. Jesus constantly talked about the kingdom of God being at hand, meaning the presence of God, the full authority of heaven is right there for us. That anyone, Jesus basically said, anyone here that hears my words can have the kingdom of heaven. It's right here. All the presence all the authority of God. That his goodness is for us. His provision is exceedingly abundant and his presence is constantly with us. And because of that, we can be free from fear. David goes on to say, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And even though the, the rod was used to discipline and even to guide the sheep. David's not even afraid of that. He's not afraid of God's correction. He welcomes it. And so also you can trust your father. You don't have to be afraid even of his correction. David goes on and says that he, his shepherd, his God, prepares a table for him in the presence of his enemies. In other words... There is literally no place where David believes that he is not safe in this world. Even in the presence, face to face with his enemies, he's surrounded by God and totally safe. So let's again transition towards prayer. And God, we just welcome you into our minds right now. Would you begin to identify fear. God, we want to enter into being totally at peace with ourselves, with you, with our neighbors, and in this world. We want to be able to fully rest. So God, would you come right now and begin to identify fear so that you might remove it?
I have a sense that for some, there was a situation in your childhood when a parent or caregiver did not protect you. And because of that, you now have attached to that memory this belief that the world is not a safe place. And you're racked with fear. Maybe around specific things or maybe low-grade fear around a lot of things. And so if you're willing, we just want to go into that memory and ask God to, to heal that. To bring his perspective, maybe to reframe it from his perspective. So if that's you, um, just, just follow. And God, we just ask, would you just identify for any of us, was there a situation, maybe in childhood, um, where God, um, we felt like we weren't protected? And because of that, we've started believing a lie about ourselves, the world, maybe you. God, would you just identify, if, if that's us, God, and we have a memory there, would you just... Show that to us right now. And then, God, we know that you stand outside of time. You're not limited by that. So would you just um, show us now, um, in that memory, we know that you've always been with us. You're always with us. You were there in that event. But God, in our memory, it's probably not there. So would you show us right now, in that memory, Jesus, where were you present in that situation, in that room, in that car, wherever that was? Jesus, would you just show us where you were in that memory? And God, we're we're imagining Jesus there. And Jesus, we interpreted this and believed lies that created fear. But God, would you right now, Jesus, speak? What do you want us to know about that event? Just in our imaginations, Jesus, we welcome you by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, what do you want to say to us about that moment? Jesus, what do you want us to know, God? We want to um, be freed from any fear or lies that were connected to those memories. So now we're just asking that, Jesus, you would tell us the truth. What were you doing in that space? What do you want us to know about it? And would you free us from any fear that we've been carrying from that? And for others, it might just be more simple, just God, is there any fear in my life? What am I afraid of? And then, God, would you just give us an image? What would it look like for Jesus to remove this fear from us? Maybe you just could imagine handing it over to Jesus or placing it on Jesus as he's on the cross. Just come, Holy Spirit, and would you just speak to us? What would it look like for you to remove this fear. And then God, now, would you just speak to us as you're the good shepherd, 
that you protect us, you defend us. God, we just ask that right now, if there's any evil in our lives or any evil that's against us, that God, you would free us from that in Jesus' name. God, would you just bring to mind if we are engaging in anything that's evil. We want to be free from evil. If there's anything that's evil that we're engaging in through media, thought life, God, any patterns of thought that are just not of you, God, would you highlight that right now and would you bring freedom in Jesus' name? God, is there any evil that I'm engaging in or is there any evil that's like temptation that's being sent against me that, God, you want to highlight right now because you want to remove. Would you do that, God? Would you come and defend us? Free us from any evil, God. God, would you give us faith that even in the face of our enemies that, God, we could be absolutely at peace. God, we could be the kind of people who fear nothing. God, come, do a work in us. Fill us by your Spirit. Free us from the fear of man, God. Free us so that we can actually live into our identity and our calling and our destiny. God, is there fear that's been holding us back? We've been created this little simple world because it's what we feel safe and can control. And meanwhile, God, you're beckoning us out to live into our true identity and destiny. God, if that's us right now, would you highlight that? God, if that's us, would you just speak that over? God, we want to be free from simple, controlled lives, and we want to be freed to live into what you have for us, our kingdom destiny. So come, Spirit of God, would you even begin to release in our minds and in our imaginations again a kingdom-sized vision and dream of what you've called us to, God. God, if we weren't afraid of anything and we knew you were with us and there was no fear, what would it look like to live into that? That's our prayer, God. So the final um, lines of this poem, Psalm 23, David says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. I have so much abundance. And not just like, oil and a cup that's overflowing, but that God, your mercy and your goodness follow right behind me for all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. This metaphor of being in God's presence. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David concludes with, again, speaking about this abundant life this eternal life that's available right now in the kingdom of God. You know, when Jesus talked about the abundant life and eternal life, 
He said that it was for now. It's not something you wait for when you die, that there's a quality, an eternal quality of life in the kingdom, the abundant life that's available to us now. And what a beautiful metaphor. David says it's not something that we have to ask for or wait for, but it's right behind us. Almost like if you were walking down a trail and you stopped and God's favor bumps into you. It's like right behind you. It's on you. His goodness, his mercy, the favor of God is with you. We have this incredible abundance in Jesus. And it's in this that we can truly rest. And you remember that in church history for over 2,000 years now, there's a way that God's people celebrate his goodness and celebrate his apex of his love, giving his son, Jesus, for us. And the way that that's celebrated is with a meal. And our kind of rhythm here at Bridgetown as we meet in communities during the week at a table with a full meal and we remember the bread and the cup and celebrate as we eat together. But tonight we're going to have a small meal, but a big celebration. And we're going to just celebrate in this space, in our last time of listening prayer, we're going to celebrate the reality that we can be at rest and at peace with God. And as a matter of fact, that your relationship with God started from a position of rest. When you came and you encountered Jesus, it wasn't because of all the good that you'd been doing. It was because of his great goodness. God is like this fountain of overflowing love, and he's just like looking for anyone that he can cover and encounter with his love, and he found you. But not because you were doing something good, just because he's that good. He made you in his image. He poured out his love on you through the Holy Spirit. He brought you back into relationship through Jesus. And what's so amazing is now we are adopted as his daughters and sons into his family. And we are co-heirs with Christ. Meaning all the inheritance of God's one and only son, Jesus, is now shared with us. It's amazing. So we're going to come to the table, come as children, just as you did the first time. We come again to celebrate his goodness and his love. Would you stand with me? Thank you for listening to the Bridgetown Church Podcast. We are in the middle of a year-long capital campaign to raise money to buy a building on the inner core, an old, beautiful, historic church building about a mile from where we meet right now. If you have been blessed at all by this podcast and would like to give to that over and above your regular giving to your church, wherever you call home, we would love to have you participate in that. Feel free to visit bridgetown.church give for more information. Thanks for listening.